Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast. This is a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and take on various topics that tend to cross one's path when you go on this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drost. I'm a, I am a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is named... Uh, hey, I'm Rob Stenzinger. I'm a user experience designer, and I make interactive things, and I teach about that stuff too. That he's the he's the whole he's the triple threat. Everybody, uh, uh, everyone's got so many so many layers of their threat sandwich. I, I just talk about mine more. <laughs> threat sandwich. <laughs> So many layers to my threat sandwich. There's another T-shirt. Um, so yes, if you're new to the show, this is two visual storytellers t- taking on topics that, you know, all the different things you think about uh, when you make things that communicate with images, whether it's games, whether it's books, whether it's comics, whether it's animation. Um, and this week we're going to talk about a visual storytelling project called Lean Into Art itself, right? Mm, yeah, I mean that's the surprise—the long-term project we're talking about in the title of. Uh, would we would we do? Do I need to pose when I say this? Should you evolve your long-term project? Yeah, there we, we did. Yeah, okay, yes, we just did the YouTube uh, title card, the thumbnail. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or like, this one is another one. Like I, think I figured an eye when I did that. Like like <laughs> an elaborate thinking pose. Awesome. Yeah, should That's you? intensely thinking. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you can you can, you can tell <laughs> because the looking up and the hmm and the finger on the chin kind of thing. Yeah. Nice. Uh, there, I we've we've connected mind. with people as humans <laughs> with emotion. So it's good. But I mean, I think I feel like this is a timely topic in that we're approaching our ten year anniversary doing this thing, and um, something we both celebrate on on the Lena Tart cast. Uh, and in our own work, is taking moments to like have a mission moment and recommit to things and say, like, okay, what are we trying to do with this thing in the first place? And what have we been doing? And now that we look at what we want and what we have been doing, where are the where are there any disconnects, if, if any? Um, where are where have some of our um, assumptions not proven true? Um, where have we been assuming without really thinking about it, right? Uh, and so maybe it's time for an evolution to happen, right? That's the other thing you discover when you do like these sort of mission moments and these check-ins and this this sort of like uh, restatement of commitment or not, right? That was another conversation we actually had. It was like, do we do we stop, right? So oh sure yeah, you could. Uh, I mean, th- many different forks in the road. You can um, you can change the project by ending it. You could um, really do something that changes it a lot. You could do small iterative change or you don't have to change at all. I mean, those are like four cases yeah. uh, I think of. And, uh, but you know, either way, uh, for me, I get this feeling in my tummy when I'm about to poke evolve, <laughs> and that's, I think happening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's worth checking in and, and asking if, if it's just something I ate or is it, it's a time to Iterate on the project. I want to dig on to dig into that very sentence in the first part of the show. So let me hit the music so that we can go there. Since you mentioned Poke Evolving. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the full length one. That's the full length one. You're not messing around with the with the uh, TV edit. <laughs> No, but so the music means that we're in the first part of the show. Okay. So like introductions are done. We are now talking about the topic and you, so I just sort of like led with a case of stopping and explicitly articulating thought around a thing is a practice we celebrate. We sure do, man. (laughs) We sure do. What episode is this? 342. Uh, however, you used the phrase, I have a feeling in my tummy when I'm about to poke evolve. There's an intuition mm. in this too, isn't there? Mm. There is. I, I, it's, and it's kind of fun. You don't have to acknowledge the, a, a sense of something needing, needing something. Right. But, uh, 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 it seems to me like I've, I've worked with folks who, who have a really strong sense of their sense of intuition and, uh, they're just, they were really awesome at their job. So 
I just, uh, that's something worth noticing. And, and I thought uh, it made me think, oh, I'm like, uh, you know, I, am I excluding my intuition too much sometimes? And, you know, off I go thinking about it. But, um, so like it, it's, it's, um, I, I mean, that's an ingredient in, in this whole mix of, of like, I think we, sh- there's, there's something worth, um, exploring, right? I mean, so I guess intuition could, could get you to look in a certain direction or have a certain hunch of something that you should go find, whether or not you have a strong, clear idea. Um, but, but that's either, either way it's, that's pretty darn useful. Mm-hmm. What are your intuitions here? Um, well, no, I just, I just think it's, it's worth underlining that, that this isn't, there wasn't a calendar event that went off, right? Um, that said, like, okay, it's time to have our mission moment. Like, it, it can also be informed by, I, I think, actually listening to our bodies and being really um, attentive to what we're feeling. Um, I have I have friends who are really, really good at articulating what they're feeling in the moment, and they'll talk through it while I'm talking with them. Like, I'll be in the middle of a conversation, and they'll stop, and they'll say, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this right now. Why am I feeling anxious about this? Okay, is this something that I need to address right now? No, I think I, I think it's that. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm going to put it over there. And then they like resume talking with me, you know? And I'm just like, wow, the fact that you can feel something bubble up and you give yourself the space to like really like listen to it and address it. That's something I want to get better at. It's something I want to attend to more. Um, because, you know, I had this conversation. I'm, I'm doing this residency in a middle school right now. And I was really trying to sell this case uh, to my students about um, being able to say why you're feeling what you're feeling when you're looking at art, right? And like, it doesn't have to be anything like elaborate, fully formed, or, um, you know, academic, but point to something, that thing there, I think it's that that's making me feel this, right? I think, I don't know, maybe, but at least have a hypothesis as to why you're thinking what you're thinking. And I said, like, can you imagine if you saw an interview with a famous movie director or actor or painter, game designer, and you said, like, hey, why did you decide to do this and not that? And they go, I don't know, just because, that's all. I'm like, that's not a very interesting interview, you know? And the teacher jumped in, because I want to give credit where credit's due, and they're like, oh, yeah, it'd be like if you're a lawyer, you're like, my client's innocent. Why? Well, because, that's all. <laughs> like, you're the worst lawyer of all time. Like, like yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a great character idea. I, that's what but, I said. That's what I said. It's like that. Innocent. <laughs> just move on. I said like that. That's a comic strip right there. It's like world's worst lawyer. <laughs> it's like there's actually a kids in the hall skit like that where Dave Foley played a lawyer like that. Or no, he was he was on trial, and he just kept lying. They're like, "Did you or didn't you?" He's like, "No." Gosh, this is easy, you know. <laughs> anyway, but like so. You know, I just feel like it's worth honoring this idea that like part it's it's a back and forth. It's a dialogue between like intuition, gut feeling and and being like having uh, an open channel to your gut. Right. Um, So that that way it can it can trigger the conversation to say, I think it's time to check in on this have a mission moment and think about what we're trying to accomplish. So that's all I wanted to do. that's that's a really I like I like the that um that's a really good building block and I think for me like our this sort of mission moment was partially triggered by um doing separate rigorous exploration and, and thought and planning right mm-hmm. I was planning for uh two other products and suddenly lean into art came into mind and I had some thoughts and ideas about like well these, these things for these projects would help lean into art also. So why, why am I not doing that? (laughs) You know, and, 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 uh, just that was, uh, part of the process for me. Mm. Okay. So, so this didn't just come from nowhere either. This also came from other, we talk about like the, uh, the, the threat sandwich that you referred to earlier, when you're working on other parts of your threat sandwich, that work can also trigger the gut feeling that leads to development other things so like these things are not <laughs> these aren't siloed right and the, the 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 materials in the threat sandwich uh intermingle and and inform one another mm. yeah they make one uh collective delicious flavor but like Sorry. you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's something to this there's some well we'll have to we'll, we'll, let's put a pin on the threat sandwich and say all right I like to put my threat threat sandwich in the refrigerator for overnight because then more of the flavor gets into the bread, and 
just the right kind of soggy. <laughs> yeah, I okay, the metaphor is done. Uh, so let's dig into taking a meaningful look at what we're trying to do. I would love to, if you if you care to, pick apart the... You just like very deftly provided us with a framework to think about it and to, and to not think about it. It's like, when you think about like a long-term project, the difficulty that I immediately face is when you're in it, you can't see the whole shape of it, right? Um, when you're in, like this is that part of the process of making a comic that Kazu Kibuishi talked about, like when you're like, oh, this is terrible, I'm terrible, and then you press on and you say, hey, not so bad. The reason you're saying I'm terrible is because you don't have the context or perspective to even know what's happening. It looks, everything is ambiguous when you're partway through, and you're not sure if any of it is like, congealing or coming together in any kind of way to like create the thing that you hope you were trying to create and that's where that that's that fear and anxiety and sadness can kick in um and i feel like there's something similar in saying like okay here's the thing you've been working on for almost a decade what would you do different you know go ah oh it's a big thing that i have a lot of different experiences with and it, it itself has had like a lot of permutations and i haven't thought a whole lot actively about the different stages this thing has had in its life cycle and what it's meant to me. I've been showing up and doing it and doing it in a very reflexive way. Like, it, it, you know, it's like, again, that the metaphor I always come up with for my students is like, when you get on a bike, you don't think about where your feet go, so you just go, right? And then if somebody stops you in the middle saying, like, how are you balancing that exactly? You might fall off the bike and trying to think about what your body is just doing naturally. Um, <laughs> so... So anyway, that's all to say that like big long-term projects can seem like an unwieldy thing to like begin to think about like in any kind of systemic way, systematic way, uh, thinking about like how do I improve it beyond getting feedback from people? How do you do it? And you you just like sent me this this simple text. You said, okay, let's just think about it in terms of what we make this discoverable, consumable, subscribable, and purchasable. And First observation before I pa pass the baton back to you is, I love that those are like, are those verbs or are those adverbs? No, those are verbs. No, they're they adjectives. They describe the thing, but they, they, mm -hmm. they're all based on a verb that somebody's doing. Somebody's discovering, somebody's consuming, somebody's subscribing, somebody's purchasing. These are actions that we want to have happen. I, I, I have to imagine that that was intentional. Uh, it, uh, I was minding my own business and uh putting putting something up high in the closet and the whole thing fell down on my head <laughs> when i woke up i saw the mess around me and there i saw discoverable consume no i so it's these are qualities that uh this is something i've been trying to um find a useful set of um concerns to frame all kinds of projects for me and for the people i work with uh, it's it's a it's a service of being a collaborative designer to um, provide prompts that help us explore things in a constructive way to um, to get past. So maybe to use our gut to start, but then to use and to start including more. All right. Start including like what can we observe in the world about our users? What do we know about ourselves and all these kinds of things? And if you pick good, well, criteria that, that I would consider good would, would be um, a quality that has this, this, this connecting usefulness between you and who you're trying to serve. And that's, that's where um, uh, practicing, uh, I've instigated lots of pro uh, process for lots of teams to get thinking going about like, what are our principles? Why are we doing this? Right. And that kind of question can just land super flat. Like if you if you don't have any kind of follow up. Right. It's where you're, you're like, oh, all right, we're going to build a system. We're going to make a new piece of software. It's going to change the world. It's going to, you know, all this stuff I've seen so many times. And but I, what I try to carry with me are these these uh, like thoughtful conversation tools to get us all working together on the idea. And that's that's where this is, comes from. So it comes from. Um, in the moment when I replied to your um, text, I came up with this phrasing, but it's from all this other practice, right? It's it's um, it's saying 
if you think of your endeavor as, as a system, it's not just a moment in time. You create something, that's a, that's a whole timeline. You put it into the world, that's it's a, a timeline. You help people become aware of, be aware of it and to buy it, all that stuff. And then you wheel, you know, like put that into one big mental model of like what makes a, like a healthy professional creative endeavor. Um, and you know, I think other folks can come up with these kinds of things too. Like it's just sort of thinking about it. It's like, um, the, the whole cycle of creating something, putting in the world. Well, gr uh, great. It's out there. And this comes from, from the pain of like doing it right sometimes and doing it wrong and all kinds of mix for myself, for clients and what have you that, but the, and also, um, working on projects that had a project phase to create a plan for demand generation. And I'm like, at, at, depending on the, the, the institutions or organizations I've worked with, um, that wasn't in the vocabulary. There was just sort of, well, if you're working on a, on a, on a thing for an internal audience, they just get to shut up and use it. Um, and I'm like, we could do better than that, but I never got to the whole demand generation thing. Mm. And so for me, it's, it's, uh, this is my, you know, phrasing, make it discoverable, make it so people can find what we make. And then, um, when they find it, make it so they can actually, um, consume it in the context where they meet it for their needs, for the needs that they have and that kind of thing. And then, um, I want them to come back, right? Let's make it so that there's a way to stay, um, connected, subscribable mm -hmm. and, uh, purchase purchasable. It's like, well, I want it to be funded. So how do we, how do we get this? Um, how do we go from, you know, being discovered to now, uh, having a, a customer, right. And that kind of thing. So, um, Anyway, because I, th I think there's other suitable words to to frame this. No, that's exactly it. That's why I was I was trying to describe them in like what kind of words they were, rather than get too hung up on the words themselves, right? Because like this is by no means a magic spell or a recipe list or like here's the four things you need, the four things you need to do in order to improve your product. You know, um, <laughs> every time <laughs> we're just practicing for when we do it on our shows, everybody. Um, but <laughs> for those who are listening to the audio, we're doing the thing that you see on YouTube, uh, preview tiles when everybody's like making like some kind of wild face pointing at the thing. Uh, so it's, it's so funny. I think this is one of the reasons that we work together so long is this is precisely what you do in teaching with a lesson plan. You have to describe outcomes. What are the outcomes? And the outcomes are verbs. The outcomes are like these things are specified in uh, learning standards by state governments, right? It's like in third grade, students should be able to do these things. And so when you build a lesson plan, you, you create activities that are designed to help them be able to do that thing. And so this is sort of like hardwired into me in terms of like when I'm thinking about making a thing, especially a service-based thing, I'm really thinking about like, okay, what... When I say the word success, what are people doing in the room that makes me say success, right? It's not what thing, what product is created. It's not whether, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know. What, what, are, what are some of like the, the typical things people would point to and say like that's success? Uh, I had a lot of students, a lot of kids, a lot of people showed up. Well, that's a, that's a yeah, metric. Money. Uh, money and attention. Those money are common metrics. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we had we had a lot of butts. Here's our seats. sales numbers. Here's our traffic numbers. Right, and and I I have this potentially depending on who's who's reflecting on it an annoying habit of saying okay, but what did people do? Right, what, what happened? What what activities and what interactions did we, we observe? Because I can have an event where six people show up, and something really rich and profound can happen that can have effects that we can't even predict. Right. So like and that works against the metric of numbers. So, um, well, and it's and there's a kind of a um, there's a mix. This is a this reminds me a lot of the conversation and uh, discussion about qualitative versus quantitative data mm -hmm. and to drive decisions on what you make only by a one or the other uh, will have giant gaps in your logic mm -hmm. and. Uh, finding a way to help to, 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 you know, weave the two together in some useful understanding that helps you make decisions is a, is a, is a healthy pattern to try to figure out for your business, for your project, 
mm-hmm. anything you're making um, that has a professional aspect to it. Yep. Um, don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that butts and seats don't count because another part of lesson plans is you have to. They want you to uh, predict what percentage of the students will be able to do this skill after your class. You say like by the end of this this lesson, eighty percent of the students will be able to do X, Y, or Z, right? Which I, I you know it throws a lot of people who have done this before or haven't done this before haven't made a lesson plan. It's like wow, really? You get to make that prediction. Um, once you've done it a number of times, it's like you can make some pretty fair predictions based on that. Um, so, and and you learn an intuition for what kind of activities are suitable to what age groups. Like if I say like, okay, I'm doing a lesson plan for third graders, and we're going to talk about ambiguous panel sequencing that can be read in a multiplicity of ways, where you can look at the page as a unit or each individual panel as a unit, and there's there's different meanings based on which ways you look at it. I'm like, yeah, two percent of my students are going to be able to, to be able to create a page that that demonstrates that, but give me eleventh graders. <laughs> I could say probably like 75%, you know, so. No, okay. So that's, um, right. And, and it's, let's see. So to put a extra emphasis and spotlight on the qualitative aspects, that's where you can say like, oh, we lived up to our beliefs and our principles, right? Mm -hmm. We did this thing in, in the world and we have observational evidence that we lived up to these things. And then we, we, we then had, you know, through discussion or observation or, um, feedback, someone wrote something, right? Like we can observe that we had this effect on the world, but it's not going to have like necessarily the like simple numbers and, um, you know, easy to summarize in a, in a a quantitative way. Um, but you can, so now you get to, you can get a mix where if you get enough of that, that qualitative data, you can look for trends in it. And now you can make sort of hybrid, like, uh, quantitative observations on qualitative data. So that's, that's like big time, great, healthy project decision situations. If you, if you're doing that, which we're, we, I, are we doing that and lean into art as I say that out loud? Hmm. Yeah, I think we do. Um, because, um, you know, we listen to feedback, we get emails, we get, uh, we have a, we have our discord, we have, oh, we've had other mechanisms to chat with us, what, whatnot, uh, mm-hmm. Patreon. Um, and, and yeah, and we can observe like the, 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 the numbers that we've experienced through the, through, through time, right. The audience and, uh, you know, patronage and sales and stuff like that. So I feel like this is a good spot to pivot to talking about generating hypotheses. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that sounds really good. So um, Rob started us off with giving us a framework for thinking about, okay, let's look at the project through these four lenses and let's evaluate whether or not we're doing whether, well, let me put it this way. How do I put this? Whether or not change needs to happen in order to better, serve one of those lenses or better improve the project through one of those lenses. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that sound fair? Or if we need to put, we need to do something to get more insight on, on this idea. Right. So put a test, test the hypothesis. There we go. uh, Yeah. What will let us do that? Cool. All right. So we'll, we're going to come back in about a minute and 30 seconds to talk about that. Like, so, so fair enough. You come up with a framework for thinking about whether or not your long-term project needs to be evolved how do you start laying out some ideas and where, where, what informs the hypotheses that, that you're putting out to begin to test? But before we do that, we got to thank some people who make this project possible. And those are the people who support us on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in me and Rob and what we put together here week after week, you can help make it more sustainable by supporting us for as little as a dollar a month. You can also do it as a one-time contribution for whatever you think is reasonable and then avail yourself of the behind-the-scenes content and then punch out at the end of the month. But I want to thank five people who have been doing this on an ongoing basis, showing up again and again. Uh, actually, a new subscriber, Art Muffin. It, it, believe it or not, all of these people are on Instagram. None of these people had Twitter accounts associated with their, their uh, Patreon. So Art Muffin is on Instagram at Art Muffin Studio. Thank you, Art Muffin. And Sarah Lutfi. Thank you, Sarah, for believing in us and what we do. You can find Sarah on Instagram at twisty.tree.studios. These will all be linked to the show notes, by the way. And David Arbentrout. Thank you, David. 
And you can find David on Instagram at A-R-D-L Armentrout. Two T's. Really? Okay, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And Dotto. Well, Dotto, you can find on Twitter at Dottotronic. Thank you, Dotto. And Stephen Stone Bush, who's on Instagram at S-S-S-Stonebush uh, Art. Again, linked all in the show notes. You can join them all at patreon.com slash leanin to art, where you'll find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans, the shows we record only for people who support us on Patreon. Those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want, a safe space with fellow leaners. Patreon.com slash leanin to art. Thank you to everybody who supports us there. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. It really does. Thank you. All right, let's go to a classic for the next transition. Now, why can't you capture that on a YouTube tile? <laughs> oh, could you, do they do animated GIF ones? No, they do not. Um, so, we're in the next part of the show. Let's talk about generating hypotheses for evolution. So, um, do you have any place that you'd like to start with this, Rob? Or do you want me to kick us off? Well, uh, let's say, so I think you led us here, you know, really in a straightforward way. You have, you have, having some way to question your big project lets you come up with ideas. Then those ideas may become something that you would want to explore further because they seem to hold up. They resonate with other experience. There's things that you've been wanting to do for a while and you've, you've sort of added layers of insight over time. And, and it's like, wow, that one's really important now. So um, there's things that we've experimented a lot with over the years, like, um, our format, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in sometimes small ways, sometimes big ways. I mean, we've done, I mean, I don't things like two minute practice. We have a whole like little, little baby podcast that pops out of an episode once in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and that's, you know, an interesting experiment and it's, it's been fun to, you know, see subscribers to that. And, and, um, there's not a necessarily a, a direct, um, you know, let's say we don't have magic insight because we don't aggressively look to gather data about all the things we make. Um, we, we get enough of the naturally observable data, right? A sale subscriptions in RSS feed, downloads on the on the podcast stuff like that i mean that's that's pretty pretty naturally easy to do and not intrusive right mm-hmm. so um anyway there's but there's the ideas about the format like format really dictates a lot um we did like we can talk a long time for for in question and explore <laughs> stuff we know this it's not like oh no what are we going to talk about <laughs> uh, shutter oh man yeah. Um, so, I mean, cause we've tried, uh, you know, doing, you know, theory, let's say theory, then practice, practice, then theory. We've tried, um, you know, what big, big topics. We've tried series of topics. We've, we've done like two minute practice. We've done I know, all kinds of different, um, topical aspects to the format. Let's filter it through a particular lens and revisit and- it, reading, watching, playing. Extra Lean, which you can find on Patreon, right, that I mentioned a, a moment ago, which is that that one is absolutely experimental, where we just turn on the recording without any prompt, see where we go, and we and we look for the part where it ends. And it always ends with us saying a sentence where we're like, that's the point, okay, close it. And, and we, but you never hear us say that. It's just that it stops. But you know, like that, like it, when you're listening to it, <laughs> you can see me and Rob looking at each other like, aha, that's it, okay, shut it off. Um, <laughs> And we have hundreds of those too, right? Like there's like 160 something in there in the. Uh, it's up there. I think we're getting, yeah, we're getting close-ish to 200, but okay, uh, we so, do one of them. So. so we have lots yeah. of evidence that we can fill time <laughs> in a thoughtful <laughs> way. And right. And the thoughtful way, I mean, we've, we, even if we don't bring a topic, we are topic finders and explorers. And that has a thing where, I mean, where, um, I don't exactly, uh, there was something you said as we were doing our, um, hypothesis forming that, uh, it, I had an aha. It reminded me of, well, Hey, wait a minute. This is like, you're base, you're describing a format for the, for the show that, that, um, you know, it's, it's a new evolution. Like it would, it would essentially turn it into a mini workshop. Yeah. And 
What's funny is yeah, I didn't know that you were you were working in parallel in the same direction. It's really funny. I was like, I as I was working on my <laughs> notes, I'm like, I want Roger to think about this. This might be this might I might be asking for too much when I say like maybe we should shift in this direction. And then like I was like halfway through my pitch, and I was like, oh, you mean like this? And he pulls up this sheet of like sticky notes with the basic <laughs> idea of what I was describing. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're we're very much on the same page, like literally. Um, <laughs> So I made I made a so I was thinking about the word consumable and consumable to me that how that that word translates in my head is and we're modeling this for everybody okay like this is like us modeling the thinking that one does when you create a framework to evaluate the thing you make so putting lean into art aside just for a second I went to my YouTube watch history I went to my search history I looked at my behavior and my activity and I said gosh I don't spend more than 30 minutes on almost anything the only thing I spend more than 30 minutes on at any given time is if it's something I'm playing in the background while I'm working, like then I'm looking for a three hour thing. Right. Um, but I'm not attending to that. Like, as a matter of fact, it can't be too interesting. I, there are podcasts that I can't listen to when I'm drawing cause I, I'll stop drawing and, and it, like start thinking about them. Um, or if I'm like doing lean back television, watching in bed kind of thing or having a movie playing while I'm drawing kind of thing. Um, but very rarely do I listen to anything informational or thoughtful in, in any kind of chunk bigger than 30 minutes. So I said to you, Rob, I said, uh, it seems to me that if we just created like a scaffolding of prompts, here's this section is the meta activity. Establish this idea in five minutes. We don't need much more than a topic word and we can fill that five minutes. Right. And then like if we have section two, here's the meta framework. This is the part where you talk about this kind of aspect of the idea, plug in idea word. And I, I think I said like word balloon, put that word, put word balloon there. I can fill 15 minutes talking about a framework for thinking about word balloons. Right. Um, is that what you're talking about when you were referring to what I threw on the table? Yeah. And so you were describing, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, you were, you were sharing, uh, uh, that that sort of well, it reminded me of a of, of a mini workshop thing that I a hypothesis I tried to test in November, but it didn't work out well for me. So for and this is where lean into art is a good is a healthy collaboration. Like I get a lot out of it because of our um, we can we sh we shape one another's um, uh, we react to what one another's ideas, which 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 are in, we're constantly trying trying to weave and build and figure out, um, useful things about our topics. And that's a lot easier to do for me in when we're, when I'm paired up with Jersey, as opposed to when I'm writing an article, which I've been doing now every day, because it's part of a creative challenge I'm doing. And, uh, the having it. So, so what's interesting is, is, um, to, turn a, a, a workshop into a conversation that has some structure that we, we dive into a, a specific thing it, because it's because of our practice. It's almost like taking a look at your business and saying, wait a minute, if I just take a fresh look, what are my raw capabilities? What are my capacities? Like, what yeah. am I really built to do and deliver and whatnot? And so this the conversation building the hypothesis felt or sort of imbued in a positive way of like, this is building on strengths. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that was the net. Yeah. So the, the first question was, is like, what, what am I noticing in my behavior patterns? And then, but what do I have the capacity to do? Because another thing that I thought about when I was coming at this idea is like, we have a certain amount of time budgeted to this project every week. And for the, at least for the next 10 weeks, I have no room to add to that capacity. So it's like, okay, what can we do with what we've already got then? Okay, well, let's look at different scenarios of what this thing could look like and do we have the skill to do that is this asking something new of us or is this building on something that we have tons of practice about right so that was another part of my internal math was like i don't want to add any new ambiguity in terms of asking for more time or asking for more um big skill acquisition right like uh, hmm. is, is exciting as it is to level up at new things. It's like, well, can I, can I make this more interesting for me and for everybody else by like reapplying my skills in a new way? Um, 
basically change. It's like yeah. wanting to have a credible perspective that's not that's not super risky, right? So mm -hmm. if you're you're saying like I want to make a plan that includes a lot of stuff I'm confident in versus things that are big variables, and I'm taking yep. a guess, and my estimate pretty much is a guess, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's right. It makes it a very um, credible hypothesis. And then, then part of the part of that, like uh, exploration of the hypothesis, at least for me initially, and I think it came into our meeting that we had uh, this week was, <clears throat> but what do we lose? What goes away if we change and, and turn it into, into like a series of mini workshops? And the first thought was, is like I know there's people who enjoy the careful, gentle, thoughtful path that we take, and we let it go as long as it needs to go. Right, that you can't do that if you introduce a lot of structure to something. Right, um, at least it becomes very challenging to do if you want to respect the conceits that informed the structure in the first place. Right, and so so then we said, okay, well, what can we do with the budget we have that 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 plays to that strength? Right, so we're playing around with that too, but. Um, this is one of the, I, the reason I just bring that up is it's one of those things that I know with other projects, creative projects of mine, when I've had these kinds of like hard discussions with myself or even with an editor or with a, a, a trusted advisor and they look at it like, I think this bit needs to go away. I can sometimes be like, no, 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 no. That's the part I really like. That's, that's the part that I, I really, I think really makes this thing feel like me. You can't take that away. Um, okay. Well then if you can't, how can you keep it in a way that is new? How can you work with that? And, and so I, 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 I don't know. I remember our discussion came into this idea of like, well, we started talking about like, what is the project itself? Like what purposes does it serve? What, what goals do we have for the project and what goals do we have for us? Um, mm -hmm. And can that help shape the hypothesis? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly it's, uh, let's see what, um, so what were you, what were you thinking about, um, like I, like I remember part part way through the conversation, um, you know, the nature of that that planning session. It's, um, you know, something. Well, I like to look for pot like sort sort of positive reinforcement, right? Mm -hmm. And then like having, uh, um, I mean, hopefully your endeavors, your your suite of professional things, hopefully have some kind of direction that fits with what you, you know, what you believe in and the stuff you want to put into the world and how you want to do it and all that. Um, a framework for that to consider is the uh, creative coat of arms. Are you, um, without editing, I'm, uh, seek to do what you love for a community you care about using tools and methods you believe in to engage in a sustainable trade. Um, that's a, a potential formula to consider. And so does this contribute to whatever your answer is to those questions and that kind of thing? Um, and, uh, the answer, you know, for us was yes in different ways. And mm -hmm. that's, uh, it's, that's an important thing to check in on, right? Because again, the different outcomes that this, the, that kind of planning session can have, I mean, you know, it'd, it'd be good to know if it's really not put, putting you in a place where you helping you get to where you want to go next. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you also introduced the other, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Did you have someplace else you wanted to go with that, Rob? No, I'm, I'm relooking at the criteria. Like oh. I was thinking, well, what could go wrong? And I'm like, you kind of touched on that, but yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd like to dig into that because I, I, that was a very fruitful part of the conversation that came like right at the end. And I was like, ah, dang it. I have to go. I wish we could spend another hour on this because that is a, really worthwhile question to ask when you're establishing these um, new hypotheses is like because we can't we can't uh, walk away from the fact that if you've been doing it a long time there's been something that's been successful about it for you at least to keep doing it that way right and so when you think about like well what do we lose or or maybe there would be gains but is there anything in this hypothesis that we might be missing that doesn't point back to what our values, what our goals, and what our needs are from the project. Are we creating some un, unforeseen frictions or complications or, or 
um, is our is our math wrong on our in terms of our capacity and the the new way of approaching it? Um, what other things? What other kinds of ways can you ask the question? What could go wrong? Well, another way to ask that is like we've talked about the Venn diagram of um, is this you know it was the thing you're making. We talked about product minimum viable product and all that stuff. So many things that uh, in this episode we say certain things that have become buzzwords and contentious in different communities. You know, a lot of tools have a pop, have a hype cycle, all that kind of stuff. There still can be something useful at the heart of it anyway. Um, so there's a Venn diagram that, that tries to think systemically about putting stuff into the world and it combines, um, sort of a, sort of a business engineering and design perspective. And it's, uh, is this thing, uh, do you have a good, a credible insight that it's uh, feasible, right? Can you build it? Do you have a credible insight that it's viable? That would it would it um, you know nourish your company by doing this? And is it uh, is it desirable? And there's way more things, qualities to add, and principles to all these different things. But it's handy and a quick way to start by just saying feasible, viable, desirable, and put on your critical hat to look at well. Am I sure? And what could go wrong? Right. Because if you're in, if you're in a collaborative session, you're doing some work and if, if everyone's like enthusiastic and excited and nobody has any naysaying tendencies, right. You can go down silly, happy paths that aren't well thought out, but feel awesome at the end. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's got armloads of baloney ready to carry with them. And they'll be like, I'm going to go do something important with this baloney. And then you try to do it. And it's like, wait a minute, I just have an armload of baloney. What? You know, I got to do my real work. And uh, so we want to do something that has, you know, that, that that holds up. So asking what could go wrong is a nice um, way to open that door and um, and think critically and in start including different folks. Like even in, in our conversation today, I had an uh, well, like one hunch that I have what could go wrong is um, our audience that likes to put us on in the background and be like, ah, I got some art. I'm in my art studio with my art buddies, right? Um, I don't know if they're going to be as well served by the new stuff. Yeah. Um, it depends because I don't think we're going to. We, so then we could dig deeper of like, well, is that true? Like, would it be really a big risk? You know, what would make it disharmonious to them? You know, mm -hmm. um, so. They may end up, I don't know, maybe just listening to a longer playlist of, of us or maybe just, you know, not getting into it because um, I'm planning on starting a soundboard habit of, you know, duck quacks and foghorns. <laughs> and that's just part of the deal. Like it or not. Oh, <laughs> oh it's the platypus and the toenail in the morning. You know that. Yeah, not <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, I think that, that that was not discussed at our meeting. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> But yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the, the, I think evaluation of risks can be a buzzkill for you know some people, um, but I think it's a necessary and it's it's just a, a reasonable thing to do. Is like just at least take a minute or two to think about like are there any ways that this could go wrong for us? Um, I think about like if anybody's read any Beatles biographies, like when they opened Apple records, they had like this very idealistic idea of like, everybody just come in and make art. If we, if we create like this open playing field and like level the playing field rather, and like not have all these gatekeepers, it was like, they had like that spirit of the early internet and like a Apple records headquarters just became like this, this uh, menagerie of weirdness of people who are just like, you know, they weren't there to necessarily make anything. They're just there to be weird and hang out, <laughs> you know, hang out with the Beatles. Of course I want to, you know? And so like they quickly realized, oh, that was a mistake. We got to like actually have a plan of some sort. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, wh where else can we go with this? Is there anything else that we wanted to? I guess one more, uh, one more activity thinking about, you know, using this, like repeating this process in your own way. Um, it's important to, so that what could go wrong, um, a lot of projects have other risks that podcasts overall don't, right? Like you're creating an interact, an interactive system. You should try to think of groups that you would do unintentional harm to stuff like that. Oh, goodness. Uh, if you're making yeah. a, um, an online game that involves children, you should really think about not freaking including chat. Yeah. So you should super think about that. 
<laughs> anyone who is in this circumstance, stop adding chat. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, now that you mention it, I had to have a difficult conversation with a young person, uh, a 12-year-old, and they were playing an online game like that, and the, the, the chat thing came up, and they were basically saying, like, yeah, I just have to mute people all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a drag that you have to, like, attend to policing your own game, you know? Um, it's my, this is my pissed off face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, it's you, when you're providing such a thing to the world and you don't think critically about it, about the unintentional harm, and then there's an obvious, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so like there's a, there's an, uh, abandonment of responsibility. So what could go wrong is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a deep well, and it depends on your team and your influence. What can you control and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's a, it's a, it's a important worthwhile can of worms to open up. So, mm -hmm. and especially when you're on, uh, you know, m making systems that can affect people in more ways. Um, but even us, even this project, we find utility in such a question. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any place else that I, Feel like going on this one i mean there, there i guess the only other thing i th what, go ahead what, what stands out to you well the one more like it's uh the one more is uh opening up to um like a call for feedback yeah right yeah okay yes let's talk about sure that. that okay so so yeah go for it well wh I mean, basically we're, we're closing this 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 episode with this thought and we're gonna we're actually gonna come back in a couple minutes and, and talk about remind everybody of the two-minute practice but as we come come around to you know, sharing what we can share about what we're discussing about, like the future of the entire. I think the conclusion we came to is that an evolution is called for, right? Um, it's time mm -hmm. for some changes to happen. Um, but we're thinking really carefully about the value that we create and what we find value about it, what we think the leaners find value about it, valuable about it. And in, maybe instead of like getting rid of something, like recombobulating it, like putting it together in a new configuration to do a lot more of the same thing, but in a way that addresses these ideas of discoverability, consumability, su subscribability, and purchasability. Um, but we've got our perspectives. We want to hear what your perspectives are, right? So what do you, the people who listen and watch and download, what do you think? Um, now, I find that in my classroom, I like to use the terms uh, any thoughts, questions, or wonderings because I, I really, I think that sometimes when you ask people like, what, what's your opinion on X, Y, or Z? What do you think about this? What, any questions, everybody? I feel like that's a big, that's a big ask sometimes. Um, it, it gets people, and some, some types get into a defensive position going like, oh, I got to come up with a good question. No, you don't. You could also just wonder about something, right? Like, like one, what about this, right? And that could be a prompt that can get a conversation started, right? Um, but it, with that in mind, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the way we're asking the leaners. I'm just saying that, like, I think hard about the way I ask for feedback from my classroom. We have a thoughtful way that we want to ask for feedback from the leaners. So I wonder if I could kick it over mm -hmm. to you, Rob. Certainly. And regarding asking for feedback as a general activity, um, try to go, well, a great book, uh, about this is, uh, just enough research by Erica Hall. Mm -hmm. Fantastic way to, you know, dig deep into this topic, but in an, in an approachable amount of content. I mean, it's, it's, a uh, uh, super informative, but it's not like a, it's not like a book you would get in the nineties about like, Oh, I better learn how to make a website. And then you'd be, you'd fill your backpack with 60 pounds with one book. <laughs> and, uh, this is not that it's, it's, it's just enough book for just enough research. So, um, that, but so you, you would dig deeper into ideas like I'm about to just generally point to, um, when you ask folks questions, we create a product, we feel so attached, try not to, um, you want to get good data. So don't disturb them. Let them just respond. We're trying so we're trying to ask something in an open way that gives us your ideas and doesn't lead you down paths based on our own, like, quirks and needs and stuff like that. It's just about you and, and in your, your concern, your reality, right? So like in a usability test, it's like, 
if you're sitting there interrupting people about how do they use your comic website or whatever, you're not getting good data, that kind of thing. So, um, and if, if we're trying to ask you about predicting your future behavior, and if you have the urge to ask your audience to predict their future behavior, don't do that because it's not good data. It'll just help you feel stuff that doesn't mean anything. You just have an armload of baloney. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, moving on from that, uh, for us, this is really any of the, uh, your thoughts, wonderings, and questions all are welcome. And in case you have like a, like you want like a starter prompt for, for answering a question, how about this? Describe what it is about leaning to art that gets you to tune in and how does it help you? Yep. So there you go. Describe what it is about leaning to art that gets you to tune in and how does it help you and share that with us in any format that you're comfortable, like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you know, ping Jersey, ping me, ping our lean into art profiles, which we don't have one on Instagram, but, um, uh, you know, comments, the discord anywhere's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll gather this and it won't be an armload of baloney. It'd be very, uh, you know, useful ideas that we can, um, we just soak in and see what we see from it. Whatever you share, we'd love to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I like that there's not a, a single canonical place to do it. Do it where you feel comfortable expressing yourself. Um, so, all right. Well, great. I, and, and we, of course, we thank you to everybody who will do that or has done that. Um, it is extraordinarily valuable. And we know that we're asking um, for your non-renewable resource, your time. And we respect that, and we're very grateful for it. So thanks to everybody who, mm. who, who does send us some feedback to help shape this thing that we have spent a long time working on and would like to continue working on. And we'd like it to be as um, useful to you as possible. So, mm. mm -hmm. Okay, well, how about we take one last break, and then we'll come back and remind everybody what our two-minute practice is coming up. That sounds Excellent. Okay. All right. We got to thank a few more people who make this show possible. And those people are us. We make the show possible. And we make lots of things. And we think hard about those things. And we bring that thinking into this project called Lean Into Art. And the thing that I make that I hope you'll check out is the Four Million Years Later podcast, which is a project I work on with another friend of mine, uh, my buddy Hoover, who I've spent 26 years now talking on the telephone with him about tr the Transformers Generation 1 cartoon. And we've decided to formalize those discussions into a podcast. And it is not a casual phone call anymore. We've discovered that we're digging really deep and thinking hard about the um, unintended philosophies of this cartoon series and, and some of the, like, the really deep story analysis of what we think they were trying to do sometimes. Uh, and when, when we think they really knocked out of the park, when we think they fell a little short. And the, this week's episode is episode 50, Triple Takeover, where two of the triple changers take over the Decepticons. And uh, the, I'll, I'll spoil my story analysis is it, it's I interpret it as the story of the ambitious underling who gets in over their head. And the reason they're in over their head is that they don't have the perspective taking and broad context of a real leader. Astro Train decides to make his own army and he makes them out of passenger trains, just upgrades their brains. Why? Because he can't see past his own vanity. I'm a train and I'm great. So therefore, if I'm going to have an army, they must be trains, right? Blitzwing hires a football coach to be his military advisor and keeps getting military advice from this guy and not thinking that, well, just because he's a strategist on a football field means that like he could be a strategist of, that could help me lead. Uh, so it's it's a wonderful story of, of like small what happens when people with limited perspective try to get into bigger areas and when they refuse to learn from that. That's what I got from Triple Takeover. That's the kind of things that we talk about a lot in the Four Million Years Later podcast. You can find it at fourmillionyearslater.com. And uh, you can also follow us on our Facebook page where Hoover posts about all of our future episodes. And and you know, you can check out our T Public store. We can also buy our T shirt. Uh, Rob, are you ready? to i'm ready all right yeah so i just um of course four million years later I, it's it is an awesome podcast you should totally should subscribe and uh i mean if you're listening to lead into art then it's a it's a clear win for you <laughs> um there's uh 
okay, I have a store that collects a variety of things I do. We mentioned this sort of metaphor of a sandwich of a lot of different things and ingredients and whatnot. I have a, um, a variety of services that I offer. I do, um, well, I do, let's see, creative process coaching. Um, and that's where basically you can just send me an email and we can talk about, uh, setting up some recurring, um, uh, coaching sessions could be just one, could be a few, right. And, um, help you work through getting, uh, becoming more user centered, becoming more, uh, learning driven and data informed about how your team functions, stuff like that. Or even if it's like big career choice kind of things, um, doing like uh, three sessions, doing like even a season of that, it's, it's, uh, can be a very timely, useful kind of thing, kind of service to engage with, um, a little bit of creative coaching. And then of course I do workshops as well. Um, I do, um, let's see, uh, drawing user journey maps, um, recently. And so on just on Skillshare alone, I've have, I've have over 300 students and lots of positive feedback. And this is all for, um, just, uh, Digging into the collaborative process, a little bit of the hows and using the MacGuffin of this map of, of stuff over time that uh, how they affect and appear in the world of the, your audience and, and serving them. And then what about all the teams and stuff and the people and the skills that make those moments in time possible? You can use a journey map. To Rob, did I lose you? Oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Gotta love a uh, um, tech issue in an ad read. So, user, drawing user journey maps, drawing your attention to that, it's uh, it's a it's a really um, useful uh, forty seven minutes of your time to um, to get into this practice and think about well what can go wrong about them and and ways to. Um, ways to just do it well and in a healthy way for you as an individual or your small team or your big team. There you go. So check it out at robstenziger.com slash store.html, or you can just go to robstenziger.com and click on the store link in the upper right. If, so, if, this, if this week's topic was especially interesting to you, I feel like drawing user journey maps would probably be a workshop that would bolster this content. It would be, it really mm -hmm. like, add a lot of value to you know the discussion that we've already had the last thing i hope you'll check out is the lean into art discord we have a forum now and the invite link is in the show notes for this episode and every episode you talk with us in a time shifted manner there are three public channels where you can you know suggest you can comment on on episodes and suggest episode future episodes share some of your two-minute practices but then there's three channels that are only for people who support us on patreon and uh there there's even like a social channel just share things about your life that's going on. And that, uh, once again, Discord, super fun place to have time-shifted discussions. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been hanging out there with us. Uh, it's been fun to get to know more of you and talk with you in a relaxed way. I, I just I find hanging out in Discord so much more pleasant than being on social media, especially in the last <laughs> several years. So, um, it, you know, and I, I realize that one of the differences that it, it presents is that on social media, I'm sort of choosing who to follow and listen to. With Discord, it's more like I've created a room and people can just come in. And so like there's like this kind of delight in the discovery of people. Like it's like it feels more like natural socializing, like when I'm at an after party at a comics festival or something. And it's like, okay, well, we haven't met yet. Um, what are you about? You know? Whereas like again, in like social media, it's like this weird combination of people that I like I've watched TV with and who I love people who I admire, people who maybe I don't admire, but feel like they're important to listen to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it makes a different kind of, of noise, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's evolved a lot. I, yeah, I always treated it a lot like, um, a place to be like, I'm so happy I made a thing here. I shared it. Oh, you made some things too. And I like to learn from things that people make. Oh, I'm going to look at that. Yeah. And it, it is, certainly evolved a lot since and uh yeah. um that's a yeah it's that's an interesting uh topic of a lot of different complex context of um i mean i think the speaking of um well thinking about where could it go wrong and doing unintentional harm there's a lot of a lot of ways that social media could could do better and mm -hmm. um yeah uh 
obviously when you hear the kind of ways that we frame problems and, and, uh, creative process and stuff that works for us. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're biased about things that are sustainable that don't do harm and, uh, that you try to learn and adapt, make amends for things you did wrong, that kind of stuff. And yeah, social media, mm, not doing so great with that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something a little bit more pleasant, and that is uh, engaging in ongoing fun practice to uh, level up, explore new territory in our creative life, um, connect with aspects of creativity that maybe we don't normally make time for, uh, discover a little bit about our perspective on the world in a way that is more... um, uh, intuitively revelatory, and that is what we call the Lena Tart two-minute practice. Did I? Mm. I, I, I was like, just that's I, a great description. I hope he's talking about two-minute practice. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was coming up with that on the fly, and I was like, okay, let's see if I could pull. Let, let's see if I could stick the landing on this. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I described like sort of the intention or sort of the outcomes of the two-minute practice. But what is the two-minute practice like when you're doing it, Rob? Well, it's, it's super literal as a title and (laughs) it's a matter of filling in the blank with what, what's that practice for you for now. And, and the idea would be to probably revisit the same practice multiple times. And we've framed that in a variety of ways and it's sort of, you know, go ahead and, uh, there's a side column on leanintoart.com slash two minute practice, the number two minute practice. And, uh, it's, it's, what do you want to put uh, in your, you know, in your way, what that, that you want to experience that you're not getting around to. And, and that this gives you an excuse to just lower the cost so low that it's, you know, it could just be, um, getting acclimated to a new art tool or, um, some aspect of your, your business. And, and how do you want to, um, you know, dig in and learn more about it. Two minutes are easy to find somewhere. Like you could find two minutes right now by just zoning out. We'll, we'll, the show will still be um, playing in two more minutes, right? <laughs> but like yes. you can literally just do that and have a practice. Um, you know, probably not the optimal. And uh, but but it's it's affordable, right? And and so why not? That's been part of this experiment of of uh, just just make it really approachable to try the stuff that we want to try. So, uh, which of course we tried something we're, we're in the midst of a practice right now, which is, uh, which is what, which is what, well, going to that word wonder again, like wondering, um, wonder about some goals instead of trying to come up with a formalized, I mean, you can come up with a formalized list if you, if, if that's your preference, right? We, we, we're, we try not to be prescriptive about it, but we try to be gentle about it so that it's not like, well, here's the right way to do two minute practice. Here's the wrong way. So you know, we set a pretty low threshold on most of the practices and saying, like, just wonder about some goals. Capture a few ideas about goals. What does that word mean to you? What are some of your goals? Whatever whatever is triggered in your mind when you think of goals. It could be, I'm going to grumble about goal-oriented uh, thinking for a while, right? But let, <laughs> let it... tell you ha- what you can do with those goals. Yeah, up your goals right now, pal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, let it happen. Let it, it's a, it, part of it is that too, is like, it's like, I've been really on this kick this last couple of years about like the, how the idea of like, I, I, one of the reasons like mythological storytelling is so interesting to me is that it just works on you. Like you don't have to have a Campbellian eye open all the time to see what it's doing. It's just like, it just, it, you receive it. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm really getting a kick out of this idea of like, like receiving something and letting my intuition do what it needs to do with it, um, it which sounds kind of counterintuitive given like the whole premise of this project. But it's it's all one thing, everybody, you know, it's like it all builds on each other. It all feeds into each other. Right. Your dreams are telling you things, you know, and you can think about those things in an explicit and thoughtful way. And then that I think will go back to feed into the dreams like something I've been listening to on the um, uh, this Union Life podcast as they're describing like the, the subconscious as like this this whole 
country that's beyond this giant wall. And sometimes it throws things over the wall and lands in front of you. And that's that dream that you had that you can't shake off, right? And then you like think about that and you puzzle it out. And then you throw then you throw a few things back over the wall, right? And so like that's the way like your conscious mind and subconscious mind sort of like build and support each other and communicate with one another. I love that metaphor, right? And so mm. that's that's kind of what the two minute practice means to me personally, is it's a way to engage with this thing that Okay, I'm gonna let go. I'm not gonna think too hard about this stuff. I'm just gonna see what happens, um, and then come back and reflect on it in an explicit way with Rob at the end of a Lena Tartcast and in the microcast, which you can find at lena.tartcast.com/slash two minute practice. Hmm. That's uh. Yep. I I I couldn't have said it better. Let's uh. Uh. So feel free to play along. Feel free to pick your own practice and uh. Just experience what it's like when it doesn't matter what happens in, the, in those two minutes. You just tried. Mm-hmm. And that is something in and of itself where um, you're exploring this habit of being willing to try. Yeah. Well, I think we did a podcast, Rob. So thank you. Mm, thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's uh it's it's meta on top of all kinds of things we just we made this about uh, our project so much explicitly but hopefully there's some useful stuff for everyone else too when they think about their projects and we record this show weekly on thursdays at noon eastern time 11 a.m central we stream it live all over the internet including our discord channel and then we collect it as a podcast at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart we'll be back next week Till then, everybody, I have been Jersey Drozd of LeanIntoArt.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of LeanIntoArt.com as well. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at LeanIntoArt.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user LeanIntoArt. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.